Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. It's Wednesday, May the 28th. This week we're going to hear more about the Every Newborn series that was launched by the Lancet last week, specifically as it was on the agenda at the World Health Assembly in Geneva and was discussed with an important outcome last Friday. To find out more, my colleague Erica Niesner spoke to the leader of the series, Professor Joy Lorne. Let's join them. Hello, this is Erica Niesner and I'm here with Professor Joy Lorne, Director of March at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine, also Senior Advisor of Save the Children UK. Professor Lorne, Lancet published a neonatal survival series in 2005, which you also helped to lead. Would you like to give us a bit of background about that series? Thanks, Erica. So in 2005 was the beginning of Lancet's Global Health Series followed the Child Survival Series and for the first time showed clearly around 4 million newborn deaths, the first estimates of causes of newborn deaths, uh, and most importantly, that around a third of those deaths could be prevented with solutions even at community level. At that stage, most births in the world were at home, um, and that two-thirds of newborn. So that was the first time to see this large and really uh, hidden agenda within child survival. Um, And Richard Horton's editorial at the time said it left no excuse for action. The numbers were clear and the solutions were clear. And yet around a decade later, when we look at what has happened, um, we've had fantastic progress for reducing child deaths. Deaths after the first month of life have around half since the beginning of the Millennium Development Goals. Still a big unfinished agenda, but remarkable progress. Maternal deaths are coming down slower than we had hoped, uh, but again, almost a halving in that time period. But newborn deaths have only been reduced by around a third. And because of that, now 44% of the world's child deaths, so deaths before the fifth birthday, are in the first months of life. That's 44% of the deaths And yet only around 4% of child health funding even mentions the word newborn. So it's clear that this big number uh, being visible, the solutions being visible, still hasn't translated into investment, into implementation at scale. And the purpose of this series now is to say, why? What's happening? What is working? What needs to be done differently? And how do we accelerate that change? So it seems there has been some success and there's more to do. What are the key findings and messages from this series? Well, the top line message is that every year around five and a half million babies enter and leave this planet within a, a few weeks. Uh, of their birth um, without being recorded. So that's 2.9 million newborn deaths in the first month of life and around 2.6 million stillbirths. Most shockingly, around 1.2 million that die while the mother is in labor. She goes through nine months of pregnancy, goes into labor with a live baby, and that baby dies. The fact that these five and a half million babies enter and leave the planet without an official recording of their presence isn't just a loss in the data. It's also a social statement that these uh, deaths 
aren't counted, aren't accountable for, and in many ways have been considered inevitable. And what the series shows very clearly is that those deaths can be prevented, particularly with a focus on the time of birth. 71% of newborn deaths could be prevented without intensive care and with a focus on uh, care for the woman, care for the baby, and quality of care around the time of birth, with a focus on small and sick newborns. So these deaths are preventable at an incremental running cost of around $1.15 per person in the highest burden countries. So it's also doable. Uh, the critical question is, why isn't that being done? So would you like to discuss some of the reasons why this hasn't been done? Well, what, one of the things that's uh, clear is that it is being done in some countries. So, for example, Rwanda, uh, which only 20 years ago had, had a major national uh, catastrophe, is now one of the, the countries with the fastest reducing neonatal mortality rate in the world. Um, and one of the critical reasons has been a focus on care at birth, so now more than three quarters of births are in facilities, and a focus on uh, quality, providing the human resources, looking at the things that, that need to be done uh, with a, a pay for performance approach. So there are countries uh, that have made a difference. There are whole regions, uh, Southeast Asia and, and Latin America, particularly where progress has been made. Uh, but overall, in Africa, uh, the progress has been much slower, that the highest risk countries are there and the slowest progress. And uh, I myself was an African newborn, um, born in a bush hospital without running water and, and electricity with an emergency caesarean section. And I survived because uh, people believed that my mother shouldn't die and that I shouldn't die. Uh, but at the moment, if we continue the same rate of progress that is being seen in Africa, it's going to be over 100 years. We estimate about 110 years before a baby born in Africa has the same chance of survival as a baby born uh, in the richer countries. Um, so our message is that that's really about the decision to change this. The very change that we've seen for child survival, uh, that we're starting to see and need to see more of for maternal health, also needs to be put into place for newborn care and newborn survival, and also going beyond survival to really ensure that the, those babies have their best chance at development. So the day of your birth, is the day of the greatest risk, not just of death, but of disability. And investing in that critical time gets a triple return on investment, reducing deaths for women, reducing stillbirths, reducing neonatal deaths. And if you count the development outcomes, in fact, it's a quadruple return on investment. So absolutely critical to focus on this time period. Yes, it's a critical message and one that I can hear is, is a personal one for you as well. Do you feel optimistic that this series will lead to action? Well, that's a fantastic question. I think uh, Richard Horton and the team at Lancet have really changed the face of global health, but there is a risk that we have multiple calls for action without much action. Uh, and that was really very much how we have thought about this uh, series and the, and the purpose here right from the start. So the paper starts with uh, the series starts with a paper 
looking back at the last decade and looking at what has worked and things that have worked, getting newborn health on the agenda, the data has improved. We have uh, very clear evidence of what to do, but what needs to be done differently. And the things that we highlight are the need for specific targets in the post-2015, the need to focus on actually implementing and doing that in an integrated way within national plans, a critical uh, importance on, on quality, not just coverage, um, and then finally that the metrics need to be included. So these key points have led to the Every Newborn Action Plan, and this is a, a plan that has been uh, coordinated by WHO and UNICEF, more than 80 organizations involved, has had country consultations in dozens of countries, um, an online official consultation where more than 50 uh, nations have, uh, national governments have input. Um, and this has led to proposed goals for uh, 2030 that every country should reach a neonatal mortality rate of 12 or less and a stillbirth rate of 12 or less and very clear actions on how to do that. So yes, I think that this series gives data gives evidence, and uh, if Richard Horton said in 2005, no excuse then, there's definitely no excuse now. But the real uh, issue of action takes country ownership, uh, takes leadership, uh, and, and takes uptake in many, many countries. It's much more than a series in Lancet. And for the first time, I see that movement coming, and even more encouragingly, I see the voice of parents so parents around the world standing up and saying, uh, we no longer accept that a baby is born to die. This is something that can be prevented and must be prevented. Now, last week was the World Health Assembly. Did countries vote in favour of the action plan? What happens now? Yeah, so the World Health Assembly 67th uh, episode um, for the first time ever, had an, an agenda item on uh, newborns, so the discussion of the Every Newborn Action Plan, and that was brought up to a top-level agenda item because of the African bloc of countries asking that to be a main agenda item. And a proposal from uh, Cameroon, Canada, and Malawi, which then was also supported by about uh, 10 other countries that added their names and was spoken to by the floor, from the floor uh, for more than 50 countries, um, really highlighting, I think, the, the momentum for this. So of all the items that were discussed at the World Health Assembly, this was one that the most countries jumped up from their seats to speak on. And in fact, the session went on until 9 p.m. on Friday, which I, I think must be unusual. Um, and out of that, the, the resolution, just a short two-page resolution was adopted, which basically says that countries commit themselves to follow through on the newborn action plan. Uh, so uh, ending preventable newborn deaths uh, in the post-2015 era by 2030, uh, with a particular focus on quality of care at birth. Um, so I, I think that this is a historic uh, moment, and I think that something that in many ways has been hidden was partly hidden at the global agenda level. 
so even though this is more than uh, 8% of all the global burden of disease, it still hasn't had attention at the global level. But what you see is when you listen to countries, when you listen to parents, this is an issue that is generating uh, a major movement for change. Uh, so as we go forward, I uh, really have optimism uh, that real change will happen and that we will be able to reach every woman and reach every newborn and make uh, a real difference within our generation. See that convergence that uh, we look forward to where a, a baby or a woman in a, a low-income country has the same chance as one in a rich country. Professor Joy Lawn, thank you very much. Thank you. And many thanks to Joy and to Erica and to you all for listening. See you next time.